Hello and welcome to the Growing Green Podcast. Your host, Jeremiah Jennings, is the owner of Growing Green Landscapes in Birmingham, Alabama, and has a passion for growing the entrepreneurship community for those who are young in business. Being a business owner isn't easy, especially in the early years, and that's why in this show we dive into a wide range of topics covering all the challenges small business owners deal with. Even if your company is generating a million dollars or more, the stories from our great guest and Jeremiah's own firsthand experiences will propel your business forward. And now, here's your host, Jeremiah Jennings. What's going on, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to another episode today here on the Growing Green Podcast. This is your host, Jeremiah Jennings, and we are going to hop right into it today. We have another fresh new guest interview for you guys, and it is none other than Nick Carlson from Dawson Manufacturing and Mulchmate. How are you doing this afternoon, Nick? I'm doing. I'm doing great, man. How are you? Thanks for having me on the uh, on the, on the show. Absolutely, it's an honor to to have you on here. And some we've been trying to do for a little while. We had a few rescheduled times, but I'm glad glad we got it on the schedule and, and got to do it today. And uh, I'm going to be really respectful of your time today. I want to bring the most value that we can for everybody out there listening. Uh, that's the point of the show is is to feed other people's ears and, and I know when I listen to podcasts I don't want I want to hear some entertainment but I want to hear the meat and potatoes a lot and I think that's what we're going to be, going to get into a lot today um so well now that I can take a breath uh intro's over and all that stuff let's just get into it man I want to hear uh I, I honestly don't know that I heard the I've heard the exact full story of Nick Carlson I know that I know that you had a long you grew a lawn care business right and then turn to landscaping or whatever just tell us the I mean as much as much or as little as you want to tell us of that that business and then kind of how you've transitioned into where you're at today sure so long story short um i was a 15 year old kid wanting to you know not necessarily uh, have my own business per se but just go out and make a few bucks um and so my father sat down with me one day and said man why don't you just go cut some grass like every other you know young young boy does and yeah i had no problem doing it i have no problem working with my hands and um you know just a summer mowing grass gig that uh, ultimately turned into a little bit more and a little more. Uh, I also raced stock cars as a hobby and the, the, the landscaping kind of was started to fund the racing that w- I was hoping would to be my career one day. Yeah. And, uh, that didn't turn out to be, uh, which is okay. It's just kind of the way life takes you, but yeah. I learned a lot of lessons along the way. And, um, when 2007 hit the, the economy crashed, I basically had a fork in the road. Do I continue chasing this racing dream that just wasn't, looking like it was going to pan out. I was watching all my buddies bag groceries, all the other drivers that I knew, uh, or do I take this little landscape company and actually try to do something with it. Mm. And, uh, I guess I, at that point I had it for about six or seven years. And, um, I guess I was in my early twenties and, um, just said, you know what, I'm going to double down on this landscape deal and let's see how far I can take it. And we took it all the way up to a multi-million dollar company. Um, I don't know how many crews we had, eight, eight, nine crews, something like that. At this point, I don't remember. Yeah. Um, that doesn't really matter. But the point was, we made a bunch of money. We helped a lot of people. Um, you know, fed a lot of people. Uh, beautified our area like crazy. We did, you know, hardscapes to irrigation, the low just lighting, the mowing, you name it. I had a lot of fun, enjoyed it. But uh, one day, um, kind of transitioning to Mulchmate and how we ended up getting here was, uh, honestly, I had an argument with one of my um, Hispanic working guys, and he basically told me, I can't run my business without him. And I'm not the type of guy to take real, take that real lightly. Yeah. And I said, well, I'm going to automate you out of a job. And so, uh, I fired him and basically said, how do I get mulch out of the back of a truck without this guy, Jose, mm-hmm. how does how is that done? And so 
you know, a lot of guys take mini skids and they try. Well, back in my day, mini skids weren't even a thing. I remember watching them come out. People basically laugh them off the market. Wow. It took years, basically a decade for the mini skid to take off. So we tried like, you know, scooping with a mini skid. We tried lifting the beds up and dumping it and tarping it and trash cans and wheelbarrows and you name it. I've tried it. Mm-hmm. And uh, ultimately figured out that they're even rented bark blowers and ultimately figured out that there's, there's a better way. And with my racing background and fabrication abilities in that world, along with understanding landscaping, because I knew every intricate little detail of it, you know, little things like pouring mulch onto a curb and using it as a ramp to get the wheelbarrow up, you know, something like that. You know, I, I know every little detail. And so you marry all that together, all those years of, of work, and, you know, you end up where I'm at now. So it's, yeah. it's been a lot of fun. Man, that's a crazy story. I think there's a there's a ton to unpack there. That's the very short version of of a career. How so? How long? I guess now, like how long have you been in the industry in, in total? What is it? Twenty five years? I mean, how? I don't know. How old are you? Oh my gosh, um, math. Maybe call it call it a solid twenty two years. Okay, yeah. So pushing twenty five years in the industry. That's that's crazy. You've seen a lot of things. Uh, I'm I'm a lawn maintenance owner. I would do mulch and stuff and. Uh, something that got me, well, we're down South. We don't do mulch enough to justify a mulch mate per se. Great sure. product. I, I back it hundred percent. I would love to get everybody down here on mulch and I would love to have a mulch mate, but I implemented yeah. the cart mate. And, and that's literally one of the best things I've ever gotten for my business. I think, uh, I think that, I don't know, t- let's get into Dawson manufacturing then. So what does Dawson do? Are them, is Dawson and mulch mate like same in one? How does that whole process work? So Dawson Manufacturing is the company, right? It's the yeah. umbrella of, of all the different products. And of course the mates are, so it's automate, right? And so that's why everything's a mate. Yeah. Um, so basically what happened was we came out with mulch mate and <laughs> trade shows, everybody would laugh me out of a trade show and say, you know, we'll see if you're here next year. Yeah. I, I don't like that. I don't like the negativity mm. and what it does, it fuels me. And yeah. so basically I came back swinging every year with a new product. And all I did was took the mulching process and I said, okay, well, we fixed unloading the truck. Well, what's the next thing in the process that really stinks and it's really strenuous and hard on your body? And so the cart mate came to me because the wheelbarrowing just became insanely difficult after you make unloading the truck really easy. Mm-hmm. And so the, the original idea was I wanted to make like a mechanism that went on the front of a mower that you dump the mulch in and had a conveyor system and it spit it out for you. But I have a bunch of rule of, of thumbs that I, I kind of follow, and simplicity uh, is one of them. Uh, I want something that's robust that, that can handle the beating. Um, and so we took this probably $7,500 retail idea of, you know, conveying mulch out of this thing that could only hold so much, and it was very specific to a certain mower, and just dumbed it all the way down to this little cart yeah. that I could put in front of us, in front, in front of the mower, because it's behind as a pivot point. And if you back up any trailer, you know, backing up a little tiny trailer is inherently pretty, pretty <laughs> nearly impossible. impossible. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the bigger the trailer gets, the easier it gets. Yeah. Well, that we don't have that option with these mowers. Yeah. And I saw the mowers sitting for such a long period of time in the spring and in the fall. I said, why don't we put the thing to work? Because it's basically a power plant. Is all yeah. It is. yeah. And so I had, a, I had a conversation with Ed Wright about the stand-on mower and how he came up with it, or his dad, Bill, came up with the stand-on mower. And he just said, it's the, the field of view standing up is a lot easier. And I said, okay, well, why don't I just take that perspective and say, set the cart behind you, put it in front of you. Mm. 
And so literally laying in bed one day, I figured out how to make the articulating knuckle work. And I just used a really a race car component to make it all work. And, and that's how the cart mate came to be. Um, and then things like the hitch mate. I know it seems really simple, but there are things you do need to tow with your mower. And these stand on mowers, you can't tow them, tow with them. Yeah. And so I literally just made a hitch mate for myself for one of my mowers. And it was on one of the mowers when we unveiled the cart mate at GIE in 2019. And everybody like flipped out, like, what the heck is this thing? And so I use that to tow aerators and, you know, rollers and whatever. And they said, well, I want that. And so then that's a snowball out of control into a product that makes currently it's making six figures a year yeah. just for us, that, that little tiny product. So that's fantastic. And then it turned into, well, Multimate's great, but I, I, don't, I don't have a truck that size. So I made a pickup truck version, the truck mate. Yeah. Right. And it, all I was doing was just trying to, to listen to the industry. And they said, I love this, but like you kind of said, it, I love Multimate, but it's not, this doesn't work for me. So I yeah. just consistently listen to what everyone has to say. And I try to create uh, valuable products that, you know, fix a need that no one's looking at. Mm-hmm. So, like we have a product coming out here really soon. It's actually sitting next to me here, and it's um it's going to be very inexpensive, but really easy to implement across the board. And I think it's going to help, gosh, hundreds of thousands of landscapers here really soon. Wow, that's awesome, man. That's it. Just sounds to me like you're an entrepreneur who knows what entrepreneurs do, and that is fix problems. That's what um that's what you do in business. So, well. Every, so ten minutes here, we've we figured out what what the product is. I think everybody that's listening to the show knows what Mulchmade is, knows what Cartmade is. Uh, y'all have burst onto the scene the last two or three years in the industry, and I don't see you going anywhere anytime soon, because like we just said, you're fixing problems, and that's what that's what we do. That's what we do as business owners. So I, I kind of want to transition. We talk a lot of green industry on the show a lot, but when we have guests like you on who have grown a company uh, to financially. I mean, you, you've taken it to where you're financially stable for sure, and you're generating real income, real profit. Yeah. That's what we all want to do, whether it's creating a product or cutting grass or spreading mulch. We all want to make profit at the end of the day. So I want to, t- I want to take advantage of that and talk a little bit about the business aspects of Dawson Manufacturing, even if you want to talk about your landscapes company a little bit, because I think that's a lot of the guys that we have listened to the show, a lot of our demographic are younger in business, not necessarily younger in age, but younger in business. So they're in those crucial years. I'm in those years right now. I'm years three to five. I'm in year four. So those three to five right there where business is good, but we're like trying to get over the hump. We're trying to get really, really profitable, trying to not stop reinvesting, but get to the point where we can start taking money out for ourselves and spend time with your family and, and getting to enjoy your income. So what are some things that you think you have done, whether it be the landscape company or with Dawson, uh, along the way to help in the beginning stages. And like you said, I know people shut you down. Like you had a, a crazy amounts of perseverance and just willpower to push through. People get that in mowing all the time. Like people of your family will say, well, you're not going to be doing anything with that. You can't cut grass for a living. And like, mm-hmm. so how do you respond to that? How do you, how do you take that negativity and turn it into positivity and turn into a company where you're now financially free and working harder every day to just keep solving problems? It, so I'm a, I'm a, a, a mental junkie, my training, my brain, yeah. I am constantly, constantly trying to put, put things in my mind in a perspective that makes more sense. So just how you speak to yourself, number one is, will help you get through your day. For instance, um, where we're located, we're near a, a 
an airport in, in Baltimore called BWI, this airport, and there's a bike trail that goes around it. And my head of production has been biking with me around this path here recently. And he's just starting and he gets really frustrated when he has to slow down mm. or a big hill's coming. And I keep telling him the big hill is what builds your strength, not going downhill. So he's looking at this big hill going, oh, God, I don't want to go up this hill. I said, stop looking at it that way. Start looking at it as like that hill is going to make me stronger. Mm. that hill is going to make me the better man I need to be because getting up this hill is actually quite easy compared to a lot of the problems we all face every single day. Yeah. And so how you speak to yourself is incredibly important. Uh, taking a second and evaluating, you know, what is the actual goal of what you're doing? What, so you ever seen the, the, the little mazes in the back of magazines, like when you're a kid yeah. and you have a start point, and you have an end point and it's like this big maze, right? Where does everybody start? Everybody starts at the starting line, right? Well, that's never where I started. I always started at the finish line and worked my way backwards, always. And if you don't have a, a clear goal, basic idea of where you want to be, you're, you're basically getting up every day and, and walk around in a dark room. Mm. So try to develop, you, you know, everybody's like, oh, your five-year plan. And I know it's true, but when I started my business, I knew that I wanted to Build it to a point that I could sell it. So I never named my company, and this is going to ruffle a lot of feathers. It's my opinion, so take it as you will. But I never named my landscape company Nick Carlson's Lawn Care. I agree ever. with you, yeah. Because I, it, it, it doesn't it, – you're basically tying the business to you. You yeah. are the business, and you're never going to be able to step away from that. Some people can, but it's rare. Right. It's a good practice to not make the business centered around you as much as you want it to be. You want the I own a business. Well, it, it's not about that. It's about providing a service to your customer in an easy fashion that they can easily get the hold of you, easily get a service provided, and easily pay a bill. Yep. Easy, easy, easy. And so you have to understand how to create that roadmap for your customers, for your employees, for yourself, for your vendors. However, you can do that. And, and, and simplify it. That's how you need to do that. I feel like I just jumped around there, but it, those are really important parts. Yeah, no, they're starting out. Yeah, they're all they're all very crucial. You say you're a you're a mind freak when you come to like, I, and I've heard like, was it Caleb Allman's podcast that you were on? I don't remember. Was it when I think it was when when they had the yeah, you know what I'm talking about. You sitting there shaking yeah. your head when you went into all that. Yeah, take that 45 minutes and turn it into a five minute thing here of your brain just the way you think and the way you kind of even down to reading people and selling jobs and things like that. That's something that when we're talking to guys who are young in business, that's something that you need to know like immediately in my opinion, because like that's something that you, if you don't get that figured out, you're never going to go anywhere. Yeah. So I did a lot of, so first never had any college uh, experience. I, I've never been to college. Um, I'm a self-taught person. Yeah. Uh, I, I read a lot of books. I have a learning disability. Uh, I'm very dyslexic. So first off, excuse, there's no excuses in my world, period. Um, so don't try really hard not to lie to yourself and say, oh, I'm trying as hard as I can, because I promise you, you're not. You're not, yeah. There's always another level, right? So that's first and foremost. The second thing is when, when I was on with Caleb, Caleb, my goal with that podcast, and if you haven't gone to that podcast and listened to it, I highly recommend it. Yeah. Um, he is a very smart individual. His wife is a very smart individual. Oh yeah. And I, 
I felt a sense of pressure. Normally I don't feel that, but with him and her, I, I felt like I better bring, bring my A game and I better bring something different that his podcast has ever seen. So I kind of cracked my armor and showed them how incredibly, for, in layman's terms, how psycho I can be <laughs> at analyzing things. Yeah, um, I'm an analyzer. I study color charts. I study uh, how a person moves their hands, how they move their eyes, what color their ears turn when they say something, how they tilt their head, how they cross their legs, um, how much bounce do they have in their step, what speed do they walk at, um, how often do they look at your eyes, how often are they looking away, the timing of them when they're looking away, um, look at their fingernails, look at how they cross their feet, look at how, um, how they're dressed, you know, is it clean clothing? Is it old clothing? Is it, um, for instance, my glasses, right? So my glasses are an orange tint with an orange logo. Mm -hmm. All that is based upon the Multimate, um, you know, persona. And so I put this together last year for GIE because just a little Oakley logo on the side, I wanted to project not, I'm not trying to project perfection. I'm trying to project. I am put together. Yeah. I have every, every little nook and cranny of my being is completely together. Um, for instance, last year, uh, I felt like I was, there was one part of my life that was out of control and it was my weight, uh, through the multimate journey and getting it off the ground. I had just, it took every ounce of me to get it to go. And I lost track of my health and I ended up at 350 pounds at six foot three. I'm a, I'm a big guy relatively normally, but at 350, I was enormous and I dropped 125 pounds in nine months and never set foot in the gym. And the re one of the reasons I did it, there's a lot of reasons I did it. But one of them was when I step on that, that floor at GIE last year in, in 2021, I, I've had things written about us that we are leading the industry in innovation and we're this and we're that. And I really appreciate the accolades, but would you trust me if I stepped foot on the floor at 350 pounds? Mm. Or would you trust me even more if I stepped foot on that floor at 260? You're, I, I, I try to take the excuses away from whoever's looking at me and says, you know, well, the machine's great, but man, he, his weight is out of control. And I, I don't like giving people excuses. Yeah. And, and I went on a journey of taking excuses from away from everybody. And that's, that's something you have to do when, you know, you're in business. It's about trust and relationships. And it's not just with your customers. It's with yourself. It's with your wife. It's with your kids. It's with your, you know, your vendors, your employees, you're selling yourself to everyone, everyone. And it's very, very important to have control of yourself. And at the end of the day, I think what we're, we're all doing this for what? For what reason? To have a good life, to provide for our families. And yeah, I know we all want to have fun, but a lot of times winning is more fun than fun is fun. Yeah. Right? And so I, I have this thing where I just go running around here just going, I'm here to win. Period. It's my win, my trophy, I'm going after it. And everyone has their own win, and, and I think that's really important to have. So that's kind of how I... I went about that whole podcast with Caleb and yeah, that's yeah. psycho mentality. Yeah. It's cool to me. It's, it's very interesting. Do you think you would be where you are today? Had you not studied all of those things with, and when I say, and I say we'd be where you are today, like 
because you're talking about like you're I, I know you're sitting here analyzing me the way I'm moving right now and so like when you're in a meeting promoting your product to somebody it, has it helped you like transition conversation or like transition like maybe you were about to make your pitch but you you could tell from them that they weren't ready yet they weren't ready to accept it so maybe you Absolutely. talk about something they want to talk about because the reason I like this and it's so interesting to me is I just finished How to Win Friends and Influence People that book and I'm sure you've read that book if you haven't I, I, I encourage you to read it, but I know. I, I know you have. Yeah, like anybody out there, that is like that should be required reading in grade school. Like you should have to read that in high school, in my opinion. But um, totally changed my mindset on things. But like it, it just, I don't know. How did you go about learning those things? Because that really does interest me, and, and I think other people out there need to hear about that, about the whole analyzing. Are there books that you've read on that, YouTube videos that you've watched? How have you done that process? It, it came down to one simple thing. Um, I'd have problems in my landscape business and I'm a problem solver. Yeah. And the only way I could get to the goals that I had was to win someone over, right. And convince them to trust me or convince them that you have a problem. I'm here. You hired me or called me because you need me to fix it. Right. You can't fix it. That's why you called me. And so I would take ownership of that. Or if my guys or myself made a problem, a created a problem that should have never happened because of lack of attention or whatever. Um, I have a saying that's heroes are born in bad times. Problems create heroes if you're willing to step up to the plate. Mm. And so I never saw a problem as a problem. I saw a problem as an opportunity. And so I would go to these customers and I would learn. I would just say, give me what you got. What's your problem? Right. And they would just puke out their problems because they don't want them anymore. And Mm. so I would take them on and learn how to decipher through them to create a solution. And so every day, if you're looking at life as, oh, there's so many problems, you're going to have more problems. But if you wake up every day and you go, I'm going to find a solution to every single problem, mm-hmm. life just becomes inherently easier immediately. Yeah. Just with a simple decision. Yeah. And so that's how I went about it. I just simply tested with my customers and just flat out said, I'm, I'm not going to live a life of anxiety. I'm going to live a life of, I'm going to, to put it frankly, the BS stops with me. Mm. It goes no further. I am the end of that road, period. Yeah. No, I like it. It's a total mindset shift. And that's, I feel like everybody, so many people out there need that. They need to totally change the way they think about things, the way they think about their business, their life, everything in general. And like you're saying, you have a start and a finish line, like start, start at the finish line and work your way backwards because Find out where you're going, where you need to be, and then figure out how to get there. Um, that's uh, man, that's good. I, that's really good stuff. You mentioned burnout very quick. Not, you didn't mention burnout. You mentioned working harder about a few mm-hmm. minutes ago. You you went over. You said there's always a next level. You can always work harder. You can always be better. How have you? Um, I don't know what the word would be for that. How have you handled like? R- r- there's got to be a fine line between, and I don't know. Maybe there's not a fine line. Between, like, you have a family, you have family life. You're growing a company, you're growing a business. Like, how do you handle that? Because you you always want to be better, you always want to work harder, but you don't want to have burnout at the same time. Like, you want to keep a fire and a passion for what you're doing. You want your family to keep a fire and a passion, but for what you're doing. But if you're not there at night to tuck your kids in bed, then how are they going to get behind you? Which is going to like, in the end, affect you and your business. And I, I think. Everybody can take something from that because whether whatever it is you're doing, if you're missing your family time or whatever it is for you that considers like you to have that could cause you to have burnout, quote unquote burnout, how have you handled that along the way of working harder, being better, but still 
still growing a company and having good family time at the same time? It, it's all about scheduling. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't know if I'm rare. I just know, I just know who I am. Yeah. I don't get burnout because I keep my, my vision so clear and I keep my, my drive is so, it, so it's not passion. I, I'm not a fan of the word passion. Kind of like I'm not a fan of the word inventor. Um, to me, it's an obsession. And when you're obsessed over something, there's nothing, nothing that will stop you. Literally yeah. nothing. Um, it, it, for instance, I got COVID last year and it kicked my hiney before I lost all the weight because I was so overweight. And I just took a bunch of work home and just was welding and working at home while I had it. That's, that's not because I'm a hard worker. That's because I'm obsessed with this overall vision that I have in my mind that if I told you what it was, you'd probably think I was completely fat. You know what? Crazy. Yeah. Um, and so when it comes, when it comes to burnout, it's not even an option in my head. I don't, I, I, when you say the word burnout, I'm like, wow, I haven't said that word. God forever. Mm. Um, because I, I know where I'm going. I understand that it's going to take me some time to get there. Um, but dang, man, I've spent, so long perfecting my skills that I feel like I'm cheating at this point. Right. (laughs) And so for someone that's for the younger me, the the 25 or 25 or 20 year old me, what I realized then was it, I, I see it as a tool chest. Right. And when I was 20, all I wanted was a little craftsman toolbox of two drawers and all my skills were the tools I put in it. Right. Now I knew I wanted a huge snap-on toolbox that cost fifty thousand yeah. dollars, right? You know, m- not physically, but more you know mentally in my skill sets. And once you got about halfway to having this huge toolbox, all these tools in it, all these different skills that you've learned, what you'll run into is you'll learn that your hands will only make you so much money, mm. and you're going to get tired. And the one thing that I love is fear. Fear, I believe, is one of the best things on the planet. And what I got scared of was skin cancer and destroying my body, which I had completely done being a landscaper um, because I worked in the field for about 14 years and destroyed myself physically. And I got scared to the point where I was like, man, I'm only in my twenties and I feel this way. This isn't good. Yeah. And so I, what I had to do was just take control of my day-to-day operations. I read a book called the E-Myth. Mm, yeah, um, good book. If you've not read it, please do. If, if you have, read it again. Uh, Cause I've read it like five times at this point. And basically I, I just sat myself down. I said, what am I willing to tolerate versus not tolerate? And when it came to burnout, I just said, well, find something that you're great at and what you're, what wears you out. That you're not good at find something that can do for you, mm-hmm. you know? And, and with the internet today, it, there's so many ways to skin this cat where when I was growing up, when I was younger, I'd have to go to home Depot or the bookstore and get a magazine to figure out how to properly cut grass. Yeah. Yeah. The internet wasn't a thing. Google wasn't a thing. Cell phones weren't a thing. I'd come home and, you know, hit my answering machine button and try to play back. And I couldn't understand the person as I'm writing the numbers down and have to call them back later. It was, it was, it was a disaster. So yeah. the advantages that you guys have today are, are crazy. And, and to put it all into perspective, right. When I started Mulchmate, by the time I got to selling Mulchmates, it's only been, I think it's going on four years of actually like sales. And we're already over a $10 million company. Crazy. Think about that. Yeah. I mean, you and I have been in business for almost the same amount of time as far as your current business and my current business. Yeah. 
but I'm a, I'm at 10 million. Yeah. And I have the same amount of fingers and toes that you do. Yeah. It all comes down to building that tool chest and becoming psycho obsessed over a goal. And when it comes with your kids, you had mentioned your kids, how do you balance that? You just set like parameters. Like I told you before we had this meeting, I said five o'clock is my deadline. Yep. Period. Like, and I made that clear over and over and over with you over these emails. And that's because I'm going to go home to my kids. Yeah. And I look at my kids as my, my oasis, right? I don't go home and go, Oh God, my kids, I actually go home and I ramp up for my kids mm. and say, I'm going to pour daddy into them and I'm going to, I'm just going to be daddy. But then when I'm done with them, I'm going to put in a little extra time, right? Into work or whatever it is, but I'm not going to kill myself because I have found people to do jobs that, you know, I can't do. And you're able, I'm able to balance it, but it took me time to get here. And it's going to yeah. take you time to get here. Things like, do you answer your phone or do you have an answering service? I do. But that's a, that's a good, that's something I've thought about for a while. Talk, hit on that. Right. Right. So how do you answer the phone when you're on a track? Yeah. It, and the it's reason. It's not efficient is what it is. It's not efficient. And you got to think about the, the, the path of your customer. When they yeah. call you and they don't, and you don't answer, they're just going to call someone else. Yep. Because all they want is whatever task they have on their plate, they want it off their plate. 100%. Right? So spend the $200 a month on the answering service. Go set that up now. Like yeah. I did that, and it works. Really? Um, little things like that. You don't need to take on an employee. There's virtual stuff all over the place. You can have quick, literally QuickBooks. Yeah. We pay here at Dolls Manufacturing. I pay QuickBooks to balance my books every single month. It's $400. Yeah. It's not, it costs, that's nothing compared to what an employee would cost. Yeah. So the services are out there. You just got to find your pain points and eliminate them. Uh, yeah. And and you hit you just touched on something I think needs to be talked about more is is um, the virtual assistants and things out there that can help you because like you're saying answering a phone that what you said about that if if you don't answer your phone your customer's just going to call somebody else. One thing that I've started doing is I've started looking at like when I'm a consumer when I'm looking for something when I'm looking for a service how do I act and I think about how would I like. Now, how do I act as a business owner? Because, I don't know, two months ago, three months ago, we busted a window out. And so I had to get a glass company out there. And it needed to be done, like, the next day. And it was on a, yeah, it was on a time crunch and all that. So I was calling, calling, calling. And it's, like you said, as soon as somebody didn't answer, hung up the phone, called the next company. The first company that answered the phone is the one that I ended up using. And There you go. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's a, it, and you have to look at it as a from a consumer point of view because I know I'll catch myself as the business owner. I'll be like, well, if I mean, I'll just call them back in thirty minutes, and if they if they're a good customer, then they're then the, it'll work. But that's like yeah. that's such a bad way to run a business. It's an excuse. Yeah, it like, is. Yeah, you're trying a lot of. I did it, so I'm completely guilty. So I can talk as much smack as I want. I would be like, well, it's my business. I'll run it the way I want. Exactly. It's not that doesn't work. Yeah. It just doesn't. Well, it, it doesn't work if you want to get to where you are today. Correct. That's what. It, that's what. That's the thing is, it can work if you want to stay mediocre and stay average. But I don't like average. Exactly. Like like average is. It's kind of like the Bible talks about. You don't want to be a lukewarm Christian. Like don't be don't be average. Like either be all in or all out. And that's something that I think that I think that you're doing and your presence in the green industry is is taking it to the next level, whether you know it or not. And. It's something that me and I don't remember who we were having, who I was having this conversation with the other day. I think it was maybe Alex Kirby with Trifecta. We were talking about just how much further that our industry needs to go and to elevate the industry. Like if you pull up your product alone, 
if you pull up with, uh, I don't even know how much a mulch bag costs, but if you pull up with that on the back of your truck or the back of your trailer, you automatically ele- uh, elevate the industry because people yeah. look at that and they say, okay, there's $100,000 between truck, trailer, and mulch bag sitting there. Like, it's not Joe Blow with two wheelbarrows and a pitchfork in the back of a 6 by 12 trailer. So, yeah. it's, it's, I don't know. It's just crazy to me how something so simple is just so complex, but it's not that complex. You just have to have the 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 effort and the hard work behind it, like you've done. It, it's you know, if I may as, say whatever, man. Do that. So yeah. I I kind of have a a beef with the word hard work, right? So there's hard work, and then there's being smart. Yeah. And a lot of guys in this industry, no offense to everybody, that's probably going to be offended by this, but a lot of guys in this industry get to this point because they're really good workers. And then they say, well, if you know, my boss can do it, I can do it. And then they jump in and they're great technicians. They're great grass cutters, if you will. Yeah. But as far as business, there's business owner operators and then there's businessmen that can grow this, this thing right into a, a viable corporation, not yeah. just business. Um, there's a major difference in that. And you have to, you have to have the foresight and be able to see into the future, literally, literally fortune tell right in the future, how your business is going to go, how it's going to grow, how it's going to get there. Um, and, 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 you know, you're going to have so many naysayers along the way. You literally, I call it head trash. You just have to be able to dump your head trash and just go, Nope, I, I don't even hear it. I've got blinders on. Know exactly where I'm going. Mm-hmm. There is no plan B, and that's just it. And I'm going to make minor adjustments as I go because that's going to happen. It's kind of like when you drive a car down the road. Do you hold the wheel perfectly straight the entire time? Or you're constantly doing little inputs. Yeah, right. You're constantly doing little inputs. That's how business goes. And th- this industry is so barbaric in its way of thinking. Yeah. For instance, I was on the phone this morning with a with a young man here in Maryland that he picks my brain all the time, and it's perfectly fine. And he's like, I'm thinking about buying this switch and go system. And I'm like, well, what's your problem? And he goes, well, I have this old, you know, van that's breaking down constantly. I said, well, didn't I tell you back in the spring not to buy that van because you're going to spend more time fixing it than it's going to be worth. Yep. And that time you're spending fixing it. Yeah. It was cheaper in the beginning, but that time you're wasting fixing it, you could have been selling. And so I have a saying where don't, don't worry about the pennies, meaning buying the cheapest used equipment, worry about the dollars, meaning the time, for instance, in my business, I, I would buy a brand new truck because it was $450 a month versus me having that truck in the shop every single weekend working on it. And when arguably I could have been spending my, almost the same amount of money. Well, well, that's the basics. Yeah. What about the money that you can generate with the time yeah. that you basically just bought yourself? Yep. And that's what most of these guys don't see. They look at a Mulchmate. Mulchmate re- right now retails for $32,909. That's what retail price is on a Mulchmate. If you divide that up and depreciate the asset over five years, like any good corporation would do, you're looking at about $6,000 a year. You tell me, on oh, what planet you're going to find an employee that's going to shovel millions of pounds of mulch or rock or sand or whatever for six grand a year. Yeah. It's going to show up every never Monday get morning. tired. Never get tired. Never backtalk. Never complain. Nothing. Yeah. So everybody gets so bogged down about what's right in front of their face. They don't see the end goal, the end picture, the end result of all their decisions. They just go, I'm going to get up. I'm going to go work hard. I'm going to go shovel this dirt. 
dude, you're, you're looking two inches in front of your face. Mm-hmm. You, need to, you need to wake up and look a little bit further down the road. I think the, the, the difference there is what you said a minute ago of the difference between business owner operator and business men or women who like take the business and can grow it and scale it. And, and not even, I don't know. I hate the word scale because not even just scale. You don't have to be some massive like multi-crew company. You just, Make your business really efficient. If you want to stay small, stay small, but just do it the best way you can and build it, like you're saying, into a sellable business. Maybe it's only $500,000 a year, but you can sell. Like People will want to buy that business. Somebody out there will want to buy that one day. And yeah, so, so what do you think maybe one or two key principles is to, to transition from business owner operator into businessman mindset of, hey, let's let's grow the the top line let's grow the sales let's grow uh everything on the back end of the business because like without that without you the visionary and without that mind that you have mulchmate dawson manufacturing cartmate none of that exists today none of it gets to the point that it's at how have you i mean because you were business owner operator at some point so how did you transition what are some what are some principles you think you should implement along the way so (laughs) my rule of thumb was always to outsell um, my schedule. Right. And so I would sell to the point where I'd have so much work. I, it, I would be booked out three months. Wow. Right. And what that allowed me to do was Hey, my customers got used to it and I would be honest with them right up front. And if they ever wanted to get moved to the front of the line, one of my tricks was there was, there was a fee they could pay to get to the front of the line. So if they wanted to jump the line, mm. I could make more money. Yeah. It's also telling me who's got the money, right? It, it kind of, directs me where I'm going. Yeah. And then what also happened was I had so much work booked up that I could literally just, well, I, here's what I did. I went out and bought a Ford Focus brand spanking new. It was like an SEL. It wasn't a very special model. And I basically went to all my crews and I said, stop bothering me. There's got to be a leader. Somebody has to lead this, this company. And I, at the time, I think I had four employees. I had a, I had a landscape crew and, a, and one residential crew mowing. And I just said, leave me alone. You need to do your job. I, I pay you every single day to do this work. If I have to babysit you, I'm going to have to find somebody to replace you. And so I literally stuffed myself in this little Ford Focus with my laptop, and I just focused on sales and focused on sales and focused on sales. And it hurt for a little while. It, it kicked me in the hiney a little bit. But after two months, there was no looking back. I, I was a business owner running the business, not letting the business run me. And I was constantly working in the business, trying to find efficient ways of, of flexing its muscles without spending any extra money. Make sense? Yeah. And, and let me stop you real quick. You said it kicked your butt in a way. How, how so? What is that? What struggle did you go through? And, and is it something that everybody else would go through in that transition period? Yeah, well, first and foremost, your employees are going to hate you for a mm-hmm. second. They're going to be like, what happened? You know, we lost our leader in the field. What, what, what happened? Because it's easier to just, be told what to do. Yeah. Really easy. You show up to work. All right, boss, what do you want me to do? Go dig that hole. Okay. Dig, 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 dig. Yeah. And I had to, I had to learn a, a different way to tell them what to do without being there all the time. So what I would do is I would go to the job, like the landscape crew, especially I would go to the job, sit them down with, with orange paint or tape measures or whatever, and sit them down and go, here's the vision. Right. Here's the contract. I wouldn't show me the pricing, but here's here's the list of plants. They're going to be delivered today. So things like a lot of guys want to go pick up plants. I, I, I for the life of me, I don't understand that. <laughs> there there are delivery services for like 75 bucks 
that will bring the plants right to you. And you can go that hour and a half it would take me to get plants. I could literally go sell five thousand dollars worth of work mm-hmm. like that. So I'm worried about pennies when I should be worrying about dollars, right? And so you pick up all these little tricks of, of basically it's buying time. Everybody yeah. says you can't buy time. That's total malarkey. You can buy time. Yeah. I just literally turned over my grass to someone else because I've been cutting it for years now because I needed more time on the weekends with my kids. I bought time. It's that easy. Yeah. And so the the struggle you'll have is getting your employees to learn this new way. Right. It's just like when you go to Napa and they have a brand new computer system and the employees are sitting behind the counter complaining, oh, this new system's terrible. It, it's normal. It's, yeah. it's, human, it's just human nature. Get used to it. It's never going to change. They will change ultimately if you just leave. Yeah. Right. And the big thing after that is you have to sell them the ultimate vision. Well, if I get in the field, you let me go do my job. How would you like bigger bonuses at the end of the year? How would you like to get paid more per hour? How would you like to drive a bigger, nicer truck that you know is not going to break down? You let me go do my job, I'll get you everything you want. And that's, you have to sell. You have yeah. to sell no matter what you're doing. Yeah, that's good stuff. That that means a lot. That, it, I don't know, it hits home to me because there's so many things that I need to fix and work on. And I think everybody out there listening probably thinks the same way. One thing that you talk about buying your time, one thing that I think needs to be talked about more is you, you make better use of your time. You because you sit here and say you can imagine what you could do with that time. What you could, how much you could go sell, how much you could go do more. I think that is what needs to be talked about because Brian Fullerton is the one that I think he's got. He's kind of like trademarked this whole like get your groceries delivered, and you can pay to have your groceries delivered if you don't want to go to the grocery store and waste your two hours. Because his his theory is if I go waste an hour at the grocery store, by the time I go, get back, unload, all that stuff, you're two hours, three hours in. He could create a YouTube video. He could create a course. He could do – how? what could he do? But here's the thing is you have to actually make use of your time if you're going to do that. If you're going to pay the $400 a month for your bookkeeping services so you don't have to do it, you can't take a nap during that time. You have to actually be – making that time more profitable for you. And so like, how have you done that? I mean, I don't know, not how have you done it, but did you, was there ever a point where that was hard for you and you, and you had to transition? You maybe not because you seem like you just, like you said, you're devoted to, you're obsessed with your vision where you want to be. But I don't know. What do you, what are your, what is your take on that? So as a, as a, I'm, I'm going to say an unprofessional race car driver at this point, right? Just a, just a guy that likes racing. Yeah. Uh, I live and die by the stopwatch. Like literally everything. Yeah. Um, I'll give you for instance. Yeah. Right. So I knew that I wanted to get healthier and I wanted to start working out after I lost all this weight. Yeah. So knowing what you want out of life and knowing that you're going to have to do something to go get it, it's not going to be done for you ever. I had to figure out, I want to work out. Like I want to lift some weights, but I don't want to spend the time, the 15 minutes to drive to the gym the 30 or 40, 50 minutes, hour, whatever in the gym and another 15 minutes home and then a shower and then all that. Right. So you have to get really efficient with your time and really think about what's, you know, what time are you willing to give up, but what is your ultimate goal? Again, starting at the finish line and working your way back. So what I did was I said, I'm going to do push-ups every night with my kids. Right. So now I'm going to tone my arms, I'm gonna tone my chest, and I'm going to do it with my kids on my back. And I'm going to teach them all at the same time while I'm getting healthier, I'm going to teach them how to be healthy. And then I'm going to get toned up and look, start looking good. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I start looking for these pockets, these windows of time 
where I can get incrementally better. And what I find is most people try to take on the whole vision all at once, right? It's like, oh, I need to lose 100 pounds. Ah, how do I lose 100 pounds? Just stop for a second. All you got to do is start drinking water. Stop drinking everything else. Just drink water. Yeah. Take on a manageable chunk of whatever it is you're doing at a time. And it will, it will allow your mind to process it. And then after about three weeks of doing whatever it is you're doing and creating a healthy habit, it becomes a natural instinct mm. after three weeks. So the, the whole doing push-ups at night with the kids, once I got, you know, I was used to five push-ups a night and it was 20 a night or whatever it was. Now I'm doing curls and I'm doing sit-ups and, and I'm just dial, I'm dialing myself in one day at a time, one night at a time, taking on just little bite-sized chunks. Um, another great example is I like to listen to podcasts. I like to listen to books, um, but I can only handle so much of it. So understanding, you know, your bandwidth in your mind is very critical. In early days, when you're younger, your bandwidth is much smaller. Your mind is a muscle. Mm -hmm. So just take on a little bit of chunks. Like I'll listen to one or two podcasts a day uh, from like Ed Milet or Andy Frisella or something. Those are the guys I kind of watch or Tony Robbins. Yeah. And I, then I give it a week and I let it process and marinate. Yeah. And then I go back and do it again. Understanding this is probably my biggest piece of advice of all time is life has one finish line and that's death until then there is no finish line there is no end it will continue to go until you die yeah and you only fail when you quit right yeah. i've been out of business four times in my life literally bankruptcy and i never actually filed for it i was able to fight out of it because i said i'm just not going to quit mm. and everyone has that choice i am not special yeah yeah Man, that's good. That's good stuff. Uh, as we wrap this thing up, I don't want to hold you too much longer today. I do want to transition to your team, though. The team that you've built at Dawson Manufacturing, your team of back in the landscape company, you had, like you said, eight crews, nine crews, however many. You want to automate. That's what you're doing for the industry. You're automating everything. But with, I mean, in automation comes you have to have a team to do that. You can't do it all by yourself, like you've said. How have you done that over the years i've kept built a good team around you built key employees with the right i mean i know you can't be an easy guy to work for like you're uh just your mentality that you have the the level of high thinking that you bring to the table and um high product productivity that you have at the end of the day it's probably high so how have you done that along the way built a built a high quality team that, that can stick with you and see your vision and move forward well vision right it has to be very clear and you have to be able to project it. It's so, it's so important that everyone around you sees what you see. Maybe not how you see it, but the basic overall view of where things are going, right? It's like your marriage. If you don't help project a certain family image, like we're going to live in this style house, we're going to drive these style cars, we want our kids to act and be this way and go to these type of schools, you're letting life happen to you not taking control of it and making life what you want it, right? So when it comes to employees, I would either go through, like in landscape, depending on the position, um, what I would do is actually have my guys do the hiring for me. Now, I'm kind of talking more at the end when I had lots of employees. Yeah. Um, but towards the beginning, 
you know, I would just, I would simply have to go through a lot of guys and, and find the ones that were just naturally go-getters, yeah. right? And they wanted more out of life. Now, you're going to go through a lot of people and you, you're going to have to just understand that humans are not, if they're like you, more than likely they're going to work for themselves. Yeah. And you have to just keep in mind, you're very special in the sense of when you're running your own business and you're going after it, and you're just like, Nick, I know my vision. I know exactly where I'm going, but I'm just getting started. That's fine. Hang on to that. But you need to make sure that you, you throttle yourself because you're expecting everyone to be like you. Yeah. And I struggled with that for a very, very long time where I, even to this day, I look around, I'm like, why don't people see it this way? And mm. people look at me and they're like, dude, you're like literally one of a kind. Yeah. And I go, okay, I don't, I just see me as me Right. I look in the mirror and it's just this normal blonde hair, blue eyed guy. Yeah. There's nothing, there's nothing special, but then I get all these accolades and it's like, okay, okay yeah, I, I can see where they see that you kind of step out of the box. But all that is, is it's not, gosh, it's not, it's not like I'm gifted. It's just a lot of years of a lot of microscopic, really good decisions. So back to what I was saying with, you know, take on what you can handle in your bandwidth, just get the microscopic decisions, right? That's it. Mm. And when, after my 22 years of being in business, if I have enough of those, I'm going to be somewhere a lot better than I where I was. Yeah. And, and so man managing that is, is very important. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, hundred percent. I think the microscopic decisions and things like that, it just, I don't know. The thing that I think about is, is, is this decision going to make me better tomorrow? That, that's the way I look at things. Is this purchase going to make me a better company tomorrow? Is this time use of time, is that going to make me better in five years from now? Things like that is it, little micro decisions along the way build up to your decisions now, 25 years in the industry almost. Uh, you got yeah. a lot of those going right for you. So Can I, can I add something to that? Yeah. So so one of the things that I love to say, um, because I, I deal with a lot, a lot of young guys call me, and I don't, I don't mind helping again, like I said before, but one of the things I've seen in life from not just business owners or in the landscape industry, but just human beings, period, is they, this is going to ruffle some feathers, but mm. it's against my opinion, but That's I feel the good like it's stuff, true. Though. Human beings like to lie to themselves to fit their agenda, yeah. not what the actual truth is. It's just like when I was fat, when I was 350, I walk around going, I, I'll live five years less, but I'm, I'll, I'll, at least I'll be happy when I get there, right? Yeah. And the reality of it was I was just lying to myself. I was miserable. I was miserable. And when it comes to business, business or relationships or whatever, you really have to do a lot of, I call it self-auditing. Truly, honestly, do an audit on yourself on a weekly basis. Am I creating healthy, strong habits every day that microscopically are going to put me where I want to be day in and day out, hour by hour, minute by minute. And if they're not, you need to make a change. You need to make a change. Like for instance, just a simple one, getting up in the morning. I used to not want to get up when I was 15 years old. I didn't want to get up and get started to work until like nine o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Dude, I'm sorry, but you've lost half your morning by then. And yeah. I know a lot of people are hearing this may, may get up at that time. I'm sorry, but they say early bird gets the worm. Yeah. Yeah. That's very cliche, but, you need to get up and maximize your time. You need to, you, 
I never drank. I never smoked. I never did drugs because it distracted me from my goal. Yeah. And that's why I've stayed out of trouble for so long. If you go case search me, you'll find literally nothing. Yeah. It's because I never had time to go screw off. It wasn't important to me. Yeah. Winning was more fun than fun was fun. So what do you want? You want to win or you want to go have fun? That's it, man. That's it right there. That's all. It's just about all that needs to be said. We got. I got one final question for you that we try to ask all of our guests here on the show, and it's just pretty simple. Can be complex. Uh, it's different sometimes, but it always ends the same way. Just about. Uh, it's just what is your why? What is my why? So, it is. I want to make a difference. It it seems very simple, but every day, every moment. I try to, I call it infecting humans around me because I believe in if you just simply do the right thing every single moment, every single day, you are literally, I know it's going to, it's going to leave the world a better place, blah, blah, blah. Truly actually make a difference, not try to change the world to make it what you want it to be, but actually help someone with their goals, help someone with what they're working on, Mm. be interested and what they're trying to do. And it could simply just be going to school and passing a test. It could simply be losing weight. It could simply just, somebody may just need a kind word. Yeah. Don't give them anything. Help them with what they're working on, right? Like, I'm not going to give you money, but I'll sit there and talk to you and coach you and cheer you on the entire way. Mm. Make a difference and teach a man how to fish. Don't just give him the fish. Mm. That's good, man. I think I think your why has come through on the podcast. I think you've made a difference. You've infected somebody else out there listening with your thought with your thought process and the and the way you think. And I think it's a very high level of thinking. And um, I'm very honored to have you on today. Again, thank you for your time. I know we're running close here to the limit, but it's been a been a true joy getting you on. And I think a lot of people got a lot of value out of this. So, uh, where can everybody find you if they do want to connect with you? Maybe ask you a question or see your product or anything like that. So go on to multimateusa.com is our website. Uh, I currently still am uh, managing the social media. Uh, so multimateusa.com, if you DM us, it's going to be me, me responding. Yeah. Um, I'm actually looking for a social media person right now because it's one of my weaknesses and I am trying to buy some more time. Yep. So I am currently actively looking for somebody to take over that for me uh, here in the building. Um, so yeah, any, any of the social medias, the Twitters, the Facebooks, um, and you can find me on just Facebook at Nick Carlson. Uh, my personal uh, Facebook page. I don't mind if anybody reaches out there as well. I get like probably 50 friend requests a day. Yeah. So it's fine. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome, man. Well, it's, it's great that you're like that. You're open. You're willing to help the community. I think we need more of that out there. And I know a lot of people are learning and benefiting from it. So uh, without any further ado, that's going to wrap this one up. Thank you so much, Nick, for your time today. If you enjoyed the episode, would you leave us a five-star rating interview? Those really help us and boost us out there so we can continue to grow the community one relationship at a time. Thanks for listening, guys, and we look forward to catching up with everybody here on the next episode. Thanks for tuning in to the Growing Green Podcast. It is an honor to have you listening, and we hope you receive valuable advice to help take your business to the next level. Don't forget to follow the podcast so you'll be notified when our next episode drops.